welcome to the Gridiron Show. Ollie Hunter, Will Gavin with you, and we will be bringing you some incredible content. I'm going to say incredible. I'm going to blow our own trumpet. Incredible content from the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Wow, what a venue that will be for NFL football. It was incredible. We'll tell you all about that. We'll speak to Nate Burleson, Akeem Hicks, Alex Gray, Cameron Bright. There are loads and loads of interviews. Lots to bring you. This is The Gridiron Show. Yes, this is The Gridiron Show. Ollie Hunter in the studio. Willie Gavin in his pants down the line. Willie, um, it's it was great to see you at the Spurs Stadium yesterday. Yeah, I'm absolutely exhausted. I think between Astonbury, then coming back and going straight back on nights and having a, a, a banging day of interviews at the Spurs Stadium, um, I don't know. I just I, Today I had loads to be getting on with and it's 12.40 and what I've basically done is I went and did my shopping and then fell asleep on the sofa for three hours. I mean, sofa sleeps are probably... One of the best things that's ever happened. I love a sofa sleep. I love a sofa sleep. Um, I, I, I crashed out on the sofa after, I don't know, maybe a 17-hour day yesterday and woke up at about 4am uh, with um, a packet of crisps. My hand actually in a big packet of crisps. I mean, that's wonderful stuff. Isn't it? Isn't it just? Um, the Spurs Stadium was incredible. And we're so lucky to be able to... Um, get to do all of these things and and we were feeling that yesterday as well but I went the day before and did a load of pictures and some videos went into the locker room and I know you did that yesterday as well we managed to get down on the field what there's a flag tournament going on um some some of the players all of the players were assigned teams and really getting into it really getting into it Akeem Hicks absolutely loving it um Mario Addison who was outstanding speaking to you but he you had to drag him away from coaching the kids out on the field but the stadium Mm. itself i mean wow i know we've had soccer games football games there but i cannot wait to see that big cop i don't know how many thousands can sit in there eighteen thousand, something like that i cannot wait to see that with the multicolored football jerseys or even with a make it the black hole or um you know, make it a mini soldier field. Get as many of the same fans in there as possible. If the NFL UK can do that, that would be incredible. Yeah, we're kind of in a, an interesting position with it because there are still a lot of people who are unhappy with the fact that the new stadium is in place because it is a reduced capacity and, uh, you know, it means ticket demand uh, is outstripping supply at the moment. Now, it's kind of interesting on a number of facets. The first thing is that to say that supply is outstripping demand is to kind of ignore the fact that prior to this season, prior to this last two seasons, actually that hasn't been the case once at Wembley before. You know, whilst it would sell out initially, there would always be another release of tickets and there would always be the ability to get tickets on the week of game. You didn't have this this week of sale clamour that you seem to have now. Um, I mean, we could go into this for hours about the ticket debacle, about the fact that people don't people have issue with like the same people who are having issue with the fact that tickets are going on resale sites are buying themselves season tickets and then putting the tickets on resale sites. 
The, the NFL have now introduced their own NFL fan ticket exchange. Should they have maybe done that or announced that before the tickets went on sale so nobody went through a StubHub or something like that? Absolutely. But it, there is now a way that you can sell your tickets for face value if you have spare tickets to legitimate fans oh, via the NFL fan exchange. So I think that's all really positive. Uh, the fact is, is that this stadium is a huge move forward for the NFL. The players all were remarked on how stunning it was. I mean, they walked out there and the breath was taken away at what a stunning stadium it is. And, you know, we're willing to compare it to the very best stadiums in the world, if not the best stadium in the world. And I think it is in that conversation. I'm yet to see actual sport played there and hear the atmosphere, but apparently the atmosphere, thanks to that, that Park Lane end, as it's always been at Tottenham, the fan end, is absolutely superb. Um, I, I think it's going to provide a wonderful venue. There'll be people who will who have already got their backs against it who will refuse to change their mind on that fact because of the capacity being smaller. But if longer term we want more games here, if longer term we want potentially a team here, then actually the, that stadium is a huge, huge, huge step forward. And like you say, the facilities for the NFL-specific stuff are phenomenal, from the pitch itself to the uh, to the locker rooms to just everything about it is stunning. It will provide a wonderful place to watch the NFL. Uh, I cannot wait to be there for the first two games in, uh, in October. And speaking with the players that we did yesterday, it seems like that sentiment is... Is, is absolutely echoed. What was also great about yesterday, just to give you an example of how fantastic it was. So you mentioned that there were the, the eight players who were there representing their team. In fact, I think it was nine because the, the, the Jags had Josh Lambeau and DJ Chark there. Um, we also had in attendance Christian Wade and Efe Abada. Now, they were there on the day before because yeah. they were requested to for media reasons. They turned up on the second day because they wanted to be there. They weren't doing any media, anything like that. And I fear Bader had actually lost his voice on that second day. They were there just to... To soak it all just in. Just to be there. Yeah, just to be there, just to be around these other players. I and mean, Christian Wade, I heard, talking with the players that were there... Uh, for particularly Mario Addison because he was hanging around with F.A. Abada and asking all sorts of football questions and just soaking in the atmosphere and everything else. They just wanted to be around this environment, these players, that stadium. Um, it was lovely seeing them both. Christian Wade uh, said to me, he said, um, he, he came up and shook my hand and, and gave me a little hug and said, uh, uh, oh, I was in work last week, uh, your work last week, uh, chatted with Ollie, where were you? And I was like, I explained I was at Glastonbury, but it was you know, uh, had a really nice chat with him about how everything was going and he was so enthusiastic. And, and similarly with FA, like, couldn't be in a happier position right now. I think they both see how the game is growing here, how positive the kids were towards it, how much, I mean, media over the two days, there were 150 to 200 people there from everything from newspapers to radio to podcasts to, uh, you know, TV. To US media outlets had come over as well. It was incredible. It really was. And so, you know, I had nothing but positivity towards the whole experience. Look, I spoke to Nate Burleson on the first day, and we'll hear that hopefully in this show. Um, I'm waiting for Josh to send me the file. It's still, I'm still waiting for that, Josh. 
Um, I don't know why I'm talking to him when he would have already sent it by the time anyone would be listening to this. So I, what am I doing? Any Inception. Wow. But Nate Burleson looked around and said, this is one of the most amazing facilities I've ever been in. It feels like London is the home or this is the home of the NFL here in the UK. And it, it, we finally have a home is what he said, which I think is is incredible um i know richard graves spoke to and i forget the guy's name but graves he spoke to um a guy who designs all the stadiums he was at the last super bowl uh, he was at twickenham and he was at tottenham on on wednesday and um or tuesday and graves he said that that this guy had said the, exactly the same as nate burleson had said so it feels like there's an awful lot of positivity in and around what the stadium is, how the stadium is. It looks like an NFL stadium. And I know people are, are going to get their backs up about the fact that there aren't as many tickets there, and and not as many people, you know, 20,000, 25,000, less people will be able to get into and see it. But th- for those people that do go, it will be a purer NFL experience. It will feel more like an NFL stadium because the pitch is four and a half feet lower, um, it, the the side the sight lines are all NFL-y. It it just it feels like an NFL stadium, and I, I really honestly I cannot wait to see the two games there. And it wouldn't surprise me the Jags' deal with Wembley I think is up next year, so they've got this year, then next year, and then they don't have to that they can then think about maybe going to Tottenham. It wouldn't surprise me if they sack off Wembley and just say, look, we'll play our games at Tottenham from now on because it is just, it is, it is wonderful. I think I'm going to cry. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Uh, uh, Josh, he's put them in the Dropbox. I've just messaged him and he said they're in the Dropbox. So don't worry, but there we go. There we go. I was frantically looking for a, for an email, I couldn't find it. I must have deleted it or something. But then they're in the Dropbox. Okay, that's good. Little live production meeting. Um, do you have a, a little bit of news or not news? I don't know where that music is uh, back here. So we could do a stripped back version. Yeah, let's do a stripped back version and let's just do some news. So all of this <laughs> is news. Yes, news. Well, I'll be the judge of that. Um, there, there are only three or four bits we need to mention. Okay, and. Uh, the first one is a sad piece of news. Ja- uh, Jared uh, Lorenzen, former uh, NFL quarterback, passed away at the age of, uh, of 38. Um, big old fellow, the hefty lefty, um, had uh, an excellent college career, signed with the New York Giants as a free agent, uh, had some playing time in, in the 2006-2007 seasons and earned a, a Super Bowl ring in the latter uh, back up to Eli Manning. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, one of those who was remembered very fondly by the Giants, one of those remembered very fondly by the people around uh, the, the, particularly the University of Kentucky. But, um, yeah, just just sad to see somebody passing away at such a young age and, and obviously just worth saying that. That's, that's well, I, I don't, it, it is news, and I don't think it can be underestimated at the role of the backup quarterback Eli Manning without the backup you never know what would have happened but there there is such a close knit um 
group of people because they are the elites. And if Eli goes down, he has to come in, especially you know during that 2007 Super Bowl run. That's where he got his his uh, his Super Bowl ring from. So you could argue without him being there. Eli wouldn't be able to have done what he did and therefore beat the New England Patriots. So the backup is a, is a a real key person in in an, any organization and, and it can't be underestimated. It's such such sad news. And it's weird to think born in 1981, so a couple years older than me. It's it's such a strange thing to think think about it in that way and yeah, very sad for the organization and football. Yeah, it will have been, of course, part of the team who came over and uh, and played in the very first ever London game as well. I just double-checked the box score to see if he'd had any snaps that day. It doesn't look like he did, um, which actually made it slightly surprised. It was such an ugly game, uh, but maybe because it was so close, they didn't want to risk it. Um, yeah, it was you know, it, it's incredibly sad news and a very light figure um, and certainly news, I think it's fair to say. Um, something we've missed since the, the beginning of the uh, something something we we missed not missed but because we've not done a pod since I went off to Glastonbury. Uh, Jonah Williams, the Bengals rookie tackle, is to miss uh, the season. Which God, they needed help on that offensive line, and they did. They like it's just a unbelievably poor luck from. Um, uh, a Bengals side who you look through their rookie efforts over the last uh, seven, eight years, their first round picks of the last seven, eight years. You ha- have only Kevin Zeitler, the guard in 2012, who took starter snaps. Uh, last year, Billy Price, the guard, and in 2013, Tyler Eifert both, t- both took kind of 50% starter snaps. And then other than that, Dre Kirkpatrick, Darkies Denard, Cedric Aboye, William Jackson, John Ross, and now Jonah Williams, all first-round picks picked over the last seven years with sub-70, let's say, snaps as a rookie. They just The, the lack of production from those first-round picks who are so important to people is, is just uh, horrendous luck for the Bengals, horrendous luck for this young man. Just hope that he comes back next year and, and helps them. Because they, they, they got Cordy Glenn... The, the, who they were going to be moving inside to left guard, it means they've still got a left tackle there. He's not the guy they wanted to be playing left tackle, but Cordy Glenn is a serviceable, startable NFL left tackle. But it's clear that they you know, had high hopes for this young man and that he's not going to be able to fulfil them in year one. It's If you're a, a young uh, American football player going into the 2020 draft and you're thinking, I'm going to go first round, just pray that you don't get picked up by the Bengals because <laughs> that, I know it's harsh, but it seems to be actually at least one or two, two or three every year. A first round draft pick does something and doesn't make, you know, is out for the season. And it it's uh, once again, the Bengals turn bad, bad, bad luck. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Um, now, the other bit of news I think is really potentially big news. Are you sure? It's, it, it, I reckon this could be not news. Out of the three, I reckon this could be not news. This is massive news. Okay. The NFL and the NFLPA will continue to try to hammer out a new collective bargaining agreement ahead of the 2019 season. Yes, news. Now, we found out that they've already met thrice this off-season 
And now they're going to reconvene July 17th through 19th, so for three consecutive days, to continue to work towards a new CBA. Uh, Ian Rappaport reported back in May, early talks have been described as cordial, amicable by multiple sources. Um, the current CBA, signed in 2011, is set to expire after next season, so after the 2020 campaign. Um everyone is expecting them to be really, really tough negotiations this time round. Everything from amount of practice, padded practice time has come under a lot of scrutiny. Um, but the big two, from our perspective, one is if you're going to make players play abroad, you need to figure out how that's going to work with the CBA. Also, that's this the same with if you're ever going to extend the season, which they want to do so desperately. You need to get agreements within the CBA on that. So that's, you know, it's massively important for British and, and European NFL fans. But also, its commissioner power is going to be hugely under scrutiny. Um, it, it kind of ties in with another news story that Ezekiel Elliott isn't going to be suspended this season following an incident in uh, in Las Vegas where... Uh, the running back got into an altercation with a security officer. Uh, he met, met with Goodell, issued an apology. Um, so in cases like the Ezekiel Elliott case, where there hasn't been enough legal precedent to actually uh, convict them, but there has been enough evidence the NFL believed to suspend them, the commissioner has just been able to use his powers. And it was clear that that, that caused a riff with the likes of Jerry Jones, Bob Kraft, obviously, over the Tom Brady deflation stuff. So I think that will be massively on the table as well, will be Commissioner Powers. So they need to get the CBA sorted sooner rather than later. I'm delighted that they're getting to it essentially two years early because, like everyone else, mm. do not want a lockout. Is that the thing that um, – do you remember in the Super Bowl we, we spoke to that really big top dog – what was the fellow's name? And then he invited you to something um, as a member of the international media. Is that the same same dealio? That's the uh, that's the competition committee. Oh, um, which they invite uh, like a select group of journalists along to every year, where they decide on the rules that are going to be getting an adjustment for the following year. Yeah, um, I didn't end up going to that. I did message uh, the a different top dog at the NFL to see whether that be something that we could arrange and it just ended up not happening. No, nope, fair, fair enough. I couldn't remember which which uh, high-level meeting you had unprecedentedly and surprisingly <laughs> been invited to. <laughs> yeah, not, not that one, a different one. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Is there any other news or not news? I don't believe so. Well, the Ezekiel Elliott suspension that I just mentioned was probably the only other one, or the suspension that hasn't happened was the only other one that I was thinking about. I haven't got any others either. Uh, so over the last two days, we have spoken to Nate Burleson, Cameron Brait, mm-hmm. Mario Addison, mm-hmm. Gio Bernard, Akeem Hicks, DJ Chark. Who else did you speak to? Samson Ebukam. Samson Ebukam, although unfortunately we got the massive wrap-up sign way too early. Um, uh, Jonathan Joseph, I think we forgot there as well. Jonathan Joseph, who was fantastic as well. Okay, so back to back to back to back to back. Here are all of Tuesday's interviews, plus Akeem Hicks, who we really spoke to on Wednesday. Uh, and of course, don't forget, 
check out the Gridiron Tour because let's not bother doing an outro. Uh, so check out the Gridiron Tour at gridiron-magazine.com or go to Touchdown Trips uh, to find out the information there. Going to Lambeau Field, going to the Hall of Fame, going to Brown Steelers. What a game that's going to be. Thursday night football, going to Detroit. It's going to be fantastic. Go sign up for that. Big house uh, as well. Big house. Big house. Big house. Uh, yeah, do all of that at Gridiron on Twitter. At Is it at Touchdown Trips on Twitter as well? Let's give that a plug. Why not? Um, Willie, any final thoughts? Nobody. No final thoughts from me. Uh, people will never know that this took us about four attempts to record because we were interrupted by the likes of Harry Winks. Um, but let's, uh, let's crack on with the interviews from Spurs. We Danes are a modest bunch. We enjoy simple pleasures. As such, we tend not to blow our own trumpets. But since Carlsberg Export has a refined, full-bodied and rather satisfying taste, perhaps... Just this once. Too much? Probably. Carlsberg Export, probably the most modest beer in the world. Enjoy responsibly. Drinkaware.co.uk for the facts. So we're here with uh, Nate Burleson at the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Nate, this is a fantastic stadium, right? This is an incredible venue. Um, It's so new, it still has the tags on it. To, to, to walk in here and to see the field painted up and the NFL logos and markings. I walked into that locker room, and I promise you, if they had pads in there, I would have suited up um, because I got that feeling again. Um, the fact that they can mimic what we have back home to the T, um, it's incredible. And, and not to mention, you're giving these young men an opportunity, a life-changing opportunity that they hope to take advantage of today. The locker room is absolutely huge. I haven't seen a locker room like that in an NFL stadium yeah. that I've been to in the States. Yeah, no, th- that's one of the best ones I've seen. Um, I can tell you right now, uh, playing for the Minnesota Vikings, Seattle Seahawks, and Detroit Lions, um, that's right up there with them. I mean, it has everything you need. The locker is decked out as a charger plug-in, a place for your radio. The bathroom's tremendous. I mean, it has all, all the little things that we take advantage of as players that we need to kind of get through the day-to-day grind of being professional athletes. Um, they did it well, inside and out. This whole thing is incredible. And when you're, we're actually on the field here, it's the, the fans are so close. And yeah. what do you make of this this stand here? And, and, and it's just one big block, isn't it? And just it'll be an incredible t- uh, to play in front of. No doubt. I mean, just if you have this this uh, this visual of scoring a touchdown and looking at this block of fans, it's almost like a tidal wave rising on top of you. And that's the best feeling. I mean, I've been in stadiums where, you know, you catch a ball and you escape the DB. You're looking up at the screen. You're looking at the crowd, and you know you're about to score. They rise to their feet. There's no feeling better than that. So now imagine that happening here where you literally see a wave of people standing up, and you feel like you're surfing in the ocean as you score a touchdown. It's incredible. And they're close. So you can throw the ball to a fan. You can jump in the stance like the Lambo leap. I think I've, I've coined the phrase right now, and you guys can keep this. We're going to call it the, uh, the Tottenham Hop. So you jump right in, they hold you up, you celebrate, give the fans an up-close and personal experience. Are you going to make it over here with the, with the team and uh, hopefully take in either this game, one of the games here or one of the games at Wembley? 
yeah, if, if I don't, I'm going to come back and be heavily involved in the NFL Academy. Um, right now, I'm, I'm here on assignment for the NFL Network, so I'm just interviewing the players, interviewing some of these young guys that hope to get selected as the 70 players that will be in the NFL Academy. Um, but I want to come back as uh, Nate Burleson, the former player, and be able to drop some gems and teach these guys. I mean, I brought my cleats and my gloves, <laughs> so I actually wanted to go out on the field, but, you know, I, I got to do my job first. Actually, I've, uh, I've been checking out some of the 40-yard dash times. Yeah. Um, I, I clocked one at 4.58. That's so. not bad. That's not bad at all. I think at, at 38 years old, you know, I might be able to beat that. You know what I'm saying? So if I, if I, if I, think I, that's a challenge. If right? I wasn't so retired, I would go out there and do a little something. But I don't want to take no shine away from these guys. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to let them have their day. What do you make of, of having an event here like this and how far football in the U.K. has, has come? I would say it's about time. Uh, you know, the the love is here. The appreciation for the NFL game is worldwide, as we all know. And that's the reason why the NFL has um, kind of planted roots in Canada and Mexico and, of course, out here in London. Um, so I think this was past due. But the fact that the NFL and the people here in the U.K. have, have really put the effort forth to build something like this and really give us a place so now when we're thinking about possibly having a team over here or having more games out here, now we have a home. We have a hub. We have a place that is ours. So um, it's, it's incredible to see, and this is just the beginning. We've uh, got British and European players coming over and actually now playing in the NFL. Effie Abada, he's no here. Doubt. No doubt. Um, and Christian Wade as well, who yeah. has been signed by the Buffalo Bills. Right. He's in a very crowded locker room oh, yeah. at, as a, a running back. Yeah. It's a lot of running backs there. What do you think about him maybe as a slot receiver? Yeah, you gotta you got to do whatever you can to get on the field. And if you look at today's game, a lot of the running backs um, are catching balls out of the backfield. You know, he's, he's about the size of Tariq Cohen, maybe a little bit taller on um, the running back with the Chicago Bears. And you see what he does. He can run in between the tackles, but what he does um, against defenses that give him the opportunity to, he, he makes plays as a wide receiver. So, you know, I, I was told young, at, at a young age, the more you can do. So, you know, you go in there, you say, hey, Coach, I want to play wide receiver. I want to run down on kickoffs. I want to run down on punt. I want to be on kickoff return. I want to be on punt return. Um, and the more of an impact you make on the team, the harder it is for them to get rid of you. You just put the pressure on them by doing everything well. You don't have to be the best running back in the room, but if you're the most well-rounded player on the team, there's no way they're going to cut you. So you're, we're talking a bit of special teams initially yeah, and then? No doubt. Special teams, you know, with that type of speed, that ability to, to field those balls in the air, I mean, with his background and, and, and rugby, yeah, of course. You go out there and, and make plays. Being a, a, a returner in this league, you can keep that job for a long time. You look at Devin Hester. I mean, they tried him at wide receiver, tried him at DB, but really we know Devin Hester as a returner, and he was impactful, one of the best to ever do it. I'm looking ahead to this season. It seems like with with a lot of the moves that have been going on, it's it's anybody's game really. I mean, the oh, Pats. No. Hopefully, the Pats won't be there, but right. the Pats will be there or thereabouts yeah, again. But what are your what are you, your initial views looking ahead to this season? Well, I'm not going to bet against the Packers. Um, Good man. That's the right yeah, call. Because Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, as long as they're together, um, they'll forever have a chance. You know, I, I I love what the Cleveland Browns are doing. They're they're my dark horse um, to shock everybody. I have them winning the AFC North. Um, I think the biggest X factor on that team isn't a player; it's their new head coach, Freddie Kitchens, who is almost like uh, somebody who didn't have money and won the lotto because all of a sudden he's rich with all this talent. 
you know, Odell Beckham, Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry, Miles Garrett on defense, Denzel Ward, the list goes on and on and on. Um, and now he has to figure out how to spend that money wisely um, and utilize that talent. And then I'm really curious to see what happens on the West Coast. The Raiders with Antonio Brown. Jimmy Garoppolo is back healthy with the Niners. Um, Seattle Seahawks with Russell Wilson on the field. Can we really count them out? No, he's always going to have a chance to contend for a playoff spot or even a Super Bowl. And then Kyler Murray, number one overall. At that size, I think he's about your height. So, um, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll see just how, how talented he really is um, out there in Arizona. Juju Smith-Schuster's here. It's uh, going to be a big year for him yeah. uh, with AB going. Yeah. Um, how do you expect that the Steelers will get on? I think Juju's going to be just fine. I don't know how the offense is going to flow without Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, uh, but I feel like Juju's going to have a better season than Antonio Brown. And if we move into the NFC, Aaron Rodgers, he's got a new head yeah. coach. Yeah. How's that going to work out? Who's going to be uh, who's going to be in charge there? I think it's going to be the new head coach, but who lo- how, who knows how long it will take before uh, Aaron starts to uh, throw his weight around? Yeah, no, no, you're wrong about that. It's not going to be the new head coach. It's going to be Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers runs the show out there. And no disrespect to Matt Lafleur, um, I just feel like when you're as talented as Aaron Rodgers, um, you know the team is yours and. He's been making statements as of recently saying, you know, how am I going to turn off 11 years of experience? Um, I, I do things my way, so I'm going to go out there and see things the way I see it and call certain plays, and that's going to get under their coach's skin. But I think that's the reason why they hired a young head coach, so he can look Aaron Rodgers eye to eye versus looking down on him, saying I'm the authoritative figure, follow my lead. Uh, I think if they work together, um, they'll be perfectly fine. But the moment one of them um, is filled with a sense of pride, that's when the relationship will be strained. No, thank you very much. Yeah, of course. So, Cam, we're here at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. You'll be playing here. Right. What a, what a stadium, eh? Yeah, it's beautiful. I didn't really know what to expect. I thought I was going to walk into a soccer stadium that had some lines painted on it. But, uh, you know, this is remarkable. Um, you know, it's right up there with some of the new stadiums in the NFL, like Atlanta, like Minnesota. Um, you know, I'm just excited to get out here in October and play on it. NFL specific, the, uh, the the soccer pitch is actually three foot higher. So if you look over there, you, you can see the um, you can see the dugouts where Maurizio Pochettino would sit. So they roll it out. It's just a, a, an amazing feat of engineering. That is, yeah. I don't think I would be able to design that. So uh, shout out to whoever designed that. That's amazing. I had no idea. So the the NFL field's below, and it's always here. Always here. It's remarkable. I had no idea. The first person to tell me that. So you're welcome. I'm here to impart knowledge. Yeah. Where would the pirate ship go? So I think uh, we're gonna we're gonna sail over the week before the game, and uh, thinking maybe in one of the corners we can find a little room for it. So. Yeah, we'll, we'll put it over there. Look, uh, a new season, new head coach, Coach Arians is coming in. Have you spoken to him, and and what are you what are you expecting from him this season? Yeah, so we uh, we just got done with uh, OTAs and mini camps, so we had about ten weeks uh, working with the new coaching staff, working with uh, BA, and. Uh, you know, he tells you exactly how he's feeling, um, uh, which is great. You want that uh, transparency, but, um, you know, he'll, he'll hold the guys accountable for sure, uh, which is something I think we need. And, um, you know, everyone's had a really uh, a positive um, first first two months working with the new coaching staff, working with B.A., and uh, I think just in general we're all really excited about what we can do with the new coaching staff. As an icebreaker, did he bring everyone a Kangol hat or...? No, he hasn't given anyone a Kangol hat, which I'm a little disappointed in. But he has, like, custom ones with, uh, with Bucks flags on them, so those are pretty cool. So hopefully we all get one one day. It's, um, it's a massive receiving core mm-hmm. this year. 
big OJ, Mike Evans, Brashad has come in as well. I think there's going to be a lot of jump balls thrown up by Jameis, right? Yeah, Chris Godwin too. So, oh, yeah. Exactly, yeah. No, we have a, a big receiving core. Um, you know, we lost Adam Humphreys in the offseason, and he kind of did the dirty work for us. So we're going to have to find someone kind of in that role. But as far as, you know, guys getting vertical and going up and making plays, uh, I think we got a bunch of guys who can go do that. Is there a big rivalry between you and OJ? Because it seemed like... He would be catching a load of uh, load of balls one week, then it would be you, touchdowns. I, I bet there's a real nice, friendly rivalry going on. Right, I mean, but I, I wouldn't say it's a rivalry. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for OJ harder than anyone else when he's out there um, because, you know, I think the team needs both of us to play well and be involved to be successful. So um, I think there's a friendly rivalry kind of, just like who, who's going to get more yards, more catches this week. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that, that really benefits the team. And, you know, me and him have a great relationship. And I, he's such a, a promising young player. And, um, you know, he's taken some, some major steps forward uh, his first two years. And I think he's just going to continue to get better and better, too. And you said earlier that, uh, that Julius Peppers was the hardest player that you had to face. We've got Mario Addison here right. as well. Effie Abada, the UK's very own Effie Abada, too. So um, it's going to be tricky t- taking on the Panthers this year. Yeah, plus they got... Uh, ex-Buccaneer Gerald McCoy in there as well oh man I forgot about him (laughs) right so yeah they have a really good defensive line it seems like they always do uh, in Carolina and that's always a challenge playing them Um, I know they're switching their their defense too from a 4-3 to a 3-4 and that presents a uh, different challenge as well so um, that's definitely one I think we all have circled and um, you know I'm really excited to play them especially here in uh, this beautiful stadium Listen, good luck and thank you for joining thank us. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Alex Gray, we haven't seen you since a uh, flight back from Super Bowl in February. You guys hung over, weren't you? We, w- we were struggling big yeah, time. Yeah. yeah, I was fine though. You were? You were in great <laughs> shape. Um, my body was in bits and I tried to steal your foam roller without actually that, seeing it was that you. That was it. That was, well, you're just embarrassing me like that saying I carry my foam roller everywhere, but that's, that's why. You've got to keep in top like condition, you, yeah. haven't you? Yeah, true. True, apparently. <laughs> apparently. Talking of that, how's things? Good, very good. Um, just come back from the OTAs, a mini camp, fresh off signing a new two-year deal. So, um, yeah, things going good. Managing to keep a job, which is uh, it's not the easiest thing to do in the NFL. So, um, yeah, just uh, things going good so far, you know. How long was OTAs? Ten weeks. Yeah, ten weeks. So, uh, different phases. So, you, uh, you know, to begin with, it's pretty crazy. I've never seen anything like it where you can only be in the facility on the training grounds for two or three hours a day you know your coaches aren't allowed to talk to you not allowed to be seen with you so uh it's basically just con- conditioning and speed work and all that type of stuff so did that for a couple of weeks and then we started getting finally getting into the football stuff because we've got a, a couple of new coaches so um it was important for us to get that off the ground and uh what, what does a typical day look like uh for otas as in turn up at the facility in the morning run us through that yeah so it's, it's not quite as hectic as training camp which you know notoriously could be a, a six till nine at night job but um yeah, I mean, we're coming in at 8, we're lifting in the morning, weight session, um, and then we've got meetings, and then we'll go out on the field and do a, do a practice. Um, all in all, we're kind of there from 8 till eight till 3, I'd say, and then you're obviously there doing extra work um, because you, you, you've got to do that to stay ahead of the competition. You know, everyone else is doing it, so um, you say you, it says on the schedule you're finishing at 3, but you might be there till 5. Um, are, you, are you the type of guy that would get there early in the morning? I mean, obviously you've had the elite background before you then came into the NFL already uh, with, your, with your rugby days. Are you the type to turn up hours early, a couple of hours early? Yeah, that's, that's kind of my style. Um, kind of got into a routine when I joined the sevens team about trying to be the first one in and the last one out. Um, and I thought if I was ever going to have to apply that to another situation, it was going to be here in the NFL. And um, 
that's what I've done. You know, and I'm, I'm sure that's a, a big reason why I'm still still kicking around going into my third season. So uh, it's something I'll be continuing to do. Um, because, you know, I mean, that's, that's what I enjoy. I enjoy trying to get better. Um, I enjoy trying to be the pre- best professional I can be because the uh, reality is, you know, maybe in 10 years' time, I won't be able to do it anymore, you know? So um, all those days where, oh, I wish I'd woken up a bit earlier, I wish I'd stayed a bit longer, um, I don't want those to come back and haunt me, you know? So uh, that's why I'm just trying to do everything I can. That's brilliant. So you can be a leader in, in the gym in that sense as well. Who, who joins you in there early doors? Uh, one of the other tight ends. Uh, I'm not sure if many of you will know, but Logan Paulson. So he's played in the league for, for 10 years and, you know, he kind of made me check myself on, on what I was doing work-wise. You know, he's, I lived with him this preseason. I thought if, um, you know, if I'm going to get the very, mo- the very most out of myself, he'd be a great person to live with. You know, I'm always racing him to be the first one in and uh, always trying to find extra stuff to do to beat him to be the last one there. So, uh, you know, he's been a, a really good influence um, on my career. You know, he's, he's typically a blocking tight end um, and that's something that I coming into the game really struggled with um so working with him and living with him and, and just picking his brains on everything you know has it, really helped my game and uh you know hugely thankful that I've, I've met him on this journey you know and obviously where, where are you looking i mean the receiving core in that team is hugely exciting julio jones calvin ridley austin hooper and hopefully yourself what, what type of tight end you know will we see when when you hit the field um an all-rounder i guess you know there's you you do get guys who are are just receiving tight ends or are just blocking tight ends um but speaking to the coaches and and you know physically what i what i'm kind of capable of i want to be that all-round guy you know um as i as i was saying before catching passes and running routes came naturally and uh you know so that was that's kind of my x factor but um you know being able to you know we're the Atlanta falcons we've got some good running backs you know we've got um freeman coming back now so to set up the pass you gotta you gotta use the run so if you can't if you can't block for the Atlanta Falcons you probably won't be there um, so it's yeah all rounder um, playing on special teams as well just trying to be as useful as possible you know um, it's a lot of work trying to trying to cover all bases but that's what I wanted I wanted the challenge and um, if you're going to do it you may as well do it all so uh, yeah I'm enjoying it though throwing yourself into it um, third year starting this season for you now is there anyone you're modeling yourself on obviously you played in the league for a little oh sorry you've been around the NFL for a little while now is there anyone you're modeling yourself on as a player uh, I, I quite like it. it's the same when I was when I was coming through in the rugby. I, I used to I loved taking little bits of other people's games. Um, so you know someone like Zach Ertz, um, you know Kelsey. Um, you look at a, a really good all rounder like Gronk. Um, you know who's kind of can can do it all a little bit. You know there's some really good tight ends out there. Um, a lot of film to watch. Um, so yeah, just trying to pick up little things from the best you know watching old tape on Tony Gonzalez yeah, that's yeah. Uh, you know he's going into the Hall of Fame this year so he, he's a great person to watch you know he came from a different sport as well so kind of had a little little nuances on doing his own thing you know and but managed to get the job done um, but yeah there's a, there's a lot of guys in the league that I like to take little bits from um, which, is, which is, is really helping me Did you get to speak Tony Gonzalez or have you to this day? No not yet I'd really love to get a sit down with him at some point but I think he lives out in California he's um, you know he's, he's made his money and he's living Living in the sun, in uh, in the sunshine all year round. So um, it's uh, yeah, he's living the dream really. But yeah, if he's uh, if I ever get a chance to have a, co- uh, a little talk with him, I definitely will because uh, he'd be a great person to, to pick his brains. Atlanta Breakfast Club. We were in there at the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, we'd missed him by an hour. Ah, yeah, big opportunity game, missed. Man, yeah. Big opportunity yeah, yeah. missed. Um, how are you getting to grips with like the playbook and that kind of stuff as, as OTAs have been and gone and, and training camp ahead of that? that. How are you getting on with adapting to that over the two years you've had and going into this season? It's taken a while. It really has. I can't. I can't lie. It's. It's just everything's just so foreign. You know, when I used to play rugby, I never had to study anything. You know, you'd maybe have a five-minute look at the guy you were playing against and what moves the team ran, and because rugby can only be played a certain number of ways. But 
football is just something else it's a different beast you know and um just learning the lingo for everything and how everyone speaks you know it's that that was one challenge um and what they were referring to such as uh well it's just even on special teams they're talking about all these different techniques it's written it was written one way in the book and they'll be calling it something else the coach will be calling it something else and you're just like well i have no idea what that is but okay um and it's just little 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 things like that and then once you pass that then you've got to learn what's in the playbook um but it's been good you know we've we've had a new oc i mean i think testament to how far i've come is we've had a new oc come in this sure, year and yeah, yeah. change things up a bit and i've managed to pick it up you know fairly easily so um you know it's it's it just shows me the progress i've made in learning fo- just football yeah, you know yeah, being able yeah. to apply it all so uh no things are going good do you have an indication off the back of OTAs or, or chats you've had subsequently of, of where you are in, in terms of, uh, to, you know, to the starting roster? Obviously, FA has come in, hit the ground running in that, in that game he had. That was pretty amazing, obviously, for, for guys coming across from here. Where are you in, in terms of, in relation to that? Yeah, I mean, you know, I know I'm close. Um, you know, I've been told by... You know, a couple of the players are like, hey man, you're, you're really close, keep going, which is really nice to hear when you hear that from the other players yeah, yeah. in such a dog-eat-dog competition, yeah, you know. Sure, yeah. um, you know, positive feedback from the coaches. and But, you know, the NFL is a fickle thing. You know, you could be doing everything right and, taught, and absolutely setting it alight, but the ball doesn't come your way, no one's going to know. So uh, it's one of those, you've got to keep yourself grounded. I know I'm in a good spot. You know, I know the playbook, I'm in good shape. Um, you know, I've been doing some good things in OTA, so... Just got to do the same when the pads come on and we go to the preseason games. Hopefully the ball comes my way and I'm, I'm doing the right thing. So, yeah, that's that's kind of what it is. But, yeah, I mean, I'm focused on making a, a spot on the, on the squad. I mean, for the first maybe year and maybe even the second year, you know, I was probably still in a learning mindset yeah, yeah. where I was still developing. And, like, now I really feel like I'm there. You know what I mean? Um, I've done enough in practice. I've done enough in OTAs to show myself, you know, never mind anyone else, that you can do this you know what I mean so um, yeah fully focused on making the team um, and yeah hopefully it goes that way well we're all rooting for you anyway uh, we, we, um, we spoke to Austin Hooper in the, uh, in the Atlanta dressing room would have been season before last mm-hmm. and he only had brilliant things to say about you so I'm <laughs> hoping that's going to stand that's, that's you in good surprise, that's surprising union that yeah I mean Hoop's a good guy yeah we got him really well we got a good, we got a good uh, room you know all the tight ends there but yeah Hoop's a good guy I'm glad he, I'm glad he said some nice stuff because uh, I, I wouldn't have put my money on it but that's good <laughs> um, it's been great to chat to you anyway pleasure Perfect, to see yeah. you again really thank you very it, much yeah, I always like interviewing linemen because I feel <laughs> like a smaller man <laughs> who likes smaller display man? put it on <laughs> exactly. No Plenty of How many of them do you know intimately, Ollie? That's the big question. Plenty. I pick them up and carry them like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I, hope, I, hope that, I hope you filmed all of that. Good man. Right. Right here with Chicago Bears D tackle D end Akeem Hicks. First question, Akeem. Have you researched the cockerel? Have you figured out what it is yet? Somebody told me that it was an angry bird. That's essentially what they said. I, I, maybe I need to do a little bit of my own personal research, but I relied on the people here to tell me what a cockerel was, and that is my description. A bit like a rooster, basically. It's a rooster. Okay, well, it was completely wrong. Well, we know now it's a rooster. <laughs> uh, you're it was coming majestic, here for... though. It's very majestic. I mean... Oh, just as the sun comes out as well. Beautiful. <laughs> Fine for you. Not good for this ginger skin. Uh, Akeem, you're here to face the Raiders in October. How excited are you seeing this facility, seeing all that's going on today with the kids? Super excited. Number one, the stadium is uh, it's phenomenal. It has a very modern feel to it. I, I, I feel like there's not a bad seat in the house, honestly. It just seems like everybody can be pretty engaged with the game. Today's event, though, is, uh, I think, super special, man. You, you get an opportunity to watch these kids enjoy a game that you fell in love with at a young age and watch them blossom and just uh, have fun. 
Well, you seem to be really into it as well. There were some big celebrations going on down there. Uh, well, you know, anytime you get the football out there, I get a little bit excited, man. I can't help myself. Like I said, when you fall in love with it, you're, just, uh, you're stuck with it. That competitive edge still there. The competitive, the energy, the passion behind it, man. And uh, that's what you want to instill in the kids. But it feels like more and more we're seeing in the States flag football being played to an older age as well rather than contact football, which yes. keeps those participation levels up. And I feel like that's key for the future of the sport. Oh, most definitely. Um, football is an inclusive sport, right? We want everybody and anybody to, to be able to go out there and play. And, and, and the flag football in the U.S., um, it's being played at an older age, like you said. And people have fun. It's a great way to stay in shape. It's a great way to get out there and, and enjoy playing the game that we get to play on Sundays. I want to start asking you a bit about last season. Uh, and particularly, they're talking about this Raiders game being the Khalil Mack revenge game. Mm-hmm. How much of an impact did he make on your team, on your locker room? What can you say about that, man? Uh, monumental. Um, he is uh, everything that, as, that he was advertised to be. He is a hardworking, diligent, uh, trustworthy um, team player. Um, shame they couldn't keep him. Glad that we got him. <laughs> well, and the thing is, I guess, for you on the D-line, because you already had you guys in the middle, you and Eddie, mm. special pairing, getting that work done. And in that Vic Fangio 3-4 system, being able to block up those gaps for him, he's coming into a team that's already built for that player on the edge. Beautiful, isn't it? Um, the year before we got there, we were a top-five defense. Adding him on, um, it, it took us to another level. It, it, it made us just that much more dominant. How much of a loss is Vic Fangio for you for this year? Um, well, well you, you hate to see, um, you know, somebody that you've gotten accustomed to move on. But it's part of the business. Just like I've had to move on from a team, coaches move on and, and they get other opportunities, and you respect that. I think that there wasn't a better person available other than Chuck Pagano because he is the uh, epitome of what a coach should be. Right? He, um, he has a way of bringing you in. He has a way of uh, making you feel like he has your back. And so uh, we're, we're super excited to play for him, and we're super excited to put a good product out on the field this year. Yeah, and, and I think we saw what he did both in Baltimore and Indianapolis. Nice and aggressive, lots of flooding to the ball. Mm-hmm. So whilst it's not the same system as Vic Fangio necessarily, a lot of the same ideals. We play hard. We play hard football. And um, for him to come in and that be his mantra, uh, we feel like he was a great addition to this team. He makes us that much better because he has that same mindset. I want to ask you about the season opener, because we're going to be there on Thursday Night Football in Chicago oh, yeah? to see you and the Packers go head-to-head for the 100th season in the NFL. It's, it's the right choice, man. How else do you start off the 100th season? Bears, Packers. It's going to be a huge game. Our city's excited. I'm sure whatever city they're in, they're excited. And um, we're going to go out there and play our best game. Were you surprised to see someone like Adrian Amos make that move up the up the coast to, to a team in your same division? A lot of respect for the guy. That Adrian Amos is a, is a friend of mine. Um, it's a business. Just like uh, Vic moved on, Adrian moved on to his next opportunity, and he's going to get to continue playing the game that he loves, and that's all that matters at the end of the day. And what about for you personally? Because last week, Ryan Pace was asked about the overhaul of this defense over the last three years, and he referred to you as the piece that got the ball rolling three years ago. Lead the team, what, in sacks, tackles for loss, quarterback hits in that time. Like, it's nice when you've got these superstars around you that you're getting that love in the middle. I see you, Pace. No, man. Um, A a lot of love for that guy. So what people may not know is that uh, Ryan Pace was a part of the original cast that drafted me to New Orleans. So he's always been a big supporter of mine, bringing me to Chicago and allowing me to play the game that I love, um, to continue playing the game that I love, and allowing me to to be the type of player that I want to be, meaning meaning that uh, he put me in a situation where I could play how I know how to play to my strengths. And uh, I always have a lot of respect for him for that. And um, I just look 
I look forward to repaying his, his, his belief in me. Feels like in terms of question marks for your team this year, obviously having a change of defensive coordinator is going to be a big one. But the other one that everyone's asking the question is, what's Mitchell Trubisky going to be in 2019? Do you think he's got it in him to make that next step up to turn you into a, a playoff team, maybe even a Super Bowl team? No question, no question. His growth and maturation has been phenomenal. Seeing him take these steps... Um, Throughout these past couple of years, it's been uh, it's been a great thing to watch. I, I look forward to what he becomes, and 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 I know it's going to be great. The sky's the limit for that kid. And then working with Matt Nagy on that side of the ball as well, it feels like that's the right fit for him. Oh, most definitely. Um, uh, it's a funny relationship to to witness to watch how Nagy um, influences him and, and and stays on his head, but also has his back. Right, so. Um, I don't, do you guys use that phrase over here, stays on his head? Yeah, yeah, So when somebody's yeah, on your head, they're saying, hey, I want you to be better. I want you to be great. And so I want you to focus. But then he knows how to love you up. And so I think they have a great relationship, and I look forward to seeing how they work together going forward. And finally, I know you've, you've seen the stadium now. You've seen the kids. But I don't know if you realize how big a team the Chicago Bears are over here, going back to when the sport first got popular here in the 80s with the refrigerator Perry and that 85 Bears defense. I tell you, with the Raiders being an old-school team as well, it's going to be loud in here. So what message have you got for the fans to get behind the Bears? Um, what I was told before I came over here is that um, the, the Bears left a great stamp on this country. And uh, I can't wait to live up to what they put out here. And I can't wait to hear these Bears fans in this stadium go crazy. Are you guys ready? Well, we've got a problem because on the other side of the camera, and they can both step forward if they want, we've got uh, Ollie Hunter, a Packers fan. And have you seen the shirt on my other boy? <laughs> I didn't even notice it. I thought he got that at a, a garage sale somewhere. Come on in here, man. What is this thing that you got on? This is a, uh, a Minnesota and Hawaiian shirt, so it's very popular in Australia, this oh, well, look. You got some on my hand. What is that? <laughs> oh, Goodness right, that's gracious. enough from you. <laughs> okay, thank you so much, man. No problem. Thanks for having me. Hello, you're listening to the Horse Ramble Daily, where we'll be covering all of your horse needs. There's more every day during the Cheltenham Festival. Betway are giving you the chance to win £50,000 in the free-to-play or to-win game. Head to betway.com to play now. Up next, more horses. Horse, horse, horse. Horse, horse, horse. Horse, horse, horse. Full-time supply, 18 plus only. BeGambleAware.org.